Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and one of the best friends a guy could ask for, Joe White. Shay, thank you for saying that. It means a lot. Joe, we're good buddies. We've, we have done a lot of cool stuff together. We've done together. a lot of stuff together. <laughs> you are one of the best friends I've ever had, Shay Robbins. I love being your partner. And today, I really am excited about what we're going to talk about. Me too. We continue our Next Generation Leader series. One of our final topics is that of purity. It comes from 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. We brought in a couple of our favorites. Coach, would you introduce our guests? Yeah, Shay, good choices today. Kevin Harrison, a familiar guest on the podcast, grew up in Kirksville, Missouri, hello, and went to a college that was identified at one time by U.S. News and World Report is the best college value in America, oh, Truman State University. Kevin acts a big value guy. Thank you very much. Graduated there with a business degree and then went to Dallas Theological Seminary, where he got a master's degree in Christian education while he was leading a K-Life club in Kirksville, Missouri, which he led for seven years or so. And Shay, it was there that there happened to be another student at Truman State, and there happened to be another K-Life leader named Chelsea. Wow. And besides being very attractive and very smart and very wonderful, she made his eyes sparkle. And he asked that little girl for a hand in marriage, and she said yes. And now they have not three children, no. but four. Four. Darlene Charlie, Maddie Mae, Liam, and we have welcomed Samuel into our world maybe just a year or two ago. Kevin... And Chelsea, y'all are a cool family. You're also on the director team at K-West and do a splendid job as you join Ward and Beth to direct that camp. Our friend and fellow podcaster, Beth Ann Lampley, is on with us a lot. She's our co-host. And Beth Ann, as we've said before, charming, lovely, sweet, trustworthy, humble, but she is on the K-1 Girls Director team as well. She is Melissa Houston's running mate and direct a great camp for younger girls. Welcome, Kevin and Beth Ann. Thank you. We're coach, glad to be here. Amazing. Thank you, Coach. Joe, I always say our podcast is better when Beth Ann's here. Yes, and it is. And Kevin's just kind of an add-on here today, Kevy. Come on, man. Thanks to be <laughs> thankful to be a part of it. He was just, just available, I heard. Yeah, he just happened to be. We, we were walking through the hallway. Hey, Kevin, get over here. Whoops. He's ready and available. Now, Kevin actually, so he's our DTS grad. And when we need help with the Bible, we say, Kevin, what does this mean? Kevin, I want you to give us kind of a theological look behind the hood in regard to this phrase, purity, referenced in 1 Timothy 4.12. Yeah, I'd love to, love to do that for you. One neat aspect of this next generation leader concept is this was one of the first Bible verses I ever memorized. And it was, the reason why we had to memorize it, we're on a youth trip down to Young Christians Weekend here in Branson yes. to see Joe speak. Yes. Wow. And one of the requirements 
for dinner that night was when we left Kirksville, you had to have this verse memorized in order to have dinner that night. And that's uh, motivation. Moti- there. <laughs> that, that motivates middle school kids pretty quickly. And it's, it has stuck with me, this verse. And I think about it often and we're looking at that concept of purity. And when we look into that word, this word purity in this form is not used too frequently in scripture. Where it is used, it's asking you to look into the sinless nature of your life. In this area, are you pure? Are you sinless? And so that means when we look at this word purity, that it's going to humble us all, convict us all, because it opens the door for any opportunity for us to discuss anything that hits that conversation in regards to sin in the conversation that we have. So being pure in this concept is that we would be sinless in specific areas in our in our walk with Jesus. And so what a need for a savior. No doubt. Correct. Correct. Because when we look at the concept of our purity, the only way in which we can be pure is through the one who was sinless in his mm. in his approach to life, in his dealings with people and then to the point of his death on the cross. So this conversation with purity, it's really the the pursuit of becoming more like Jesus every day, to be set apart, to be sanctified. And so, you know, when we talk about purity, common references to sexual purity, and certainly that's part of it, but it's more than that. I think it needs to be more than that, because then we we begin to see all the areas in our life that separate us from a holy God, and then that's going to draw us into a need for him, him, for our Savior. James 1, 27 says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and our Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And when I started thinking about this concept of purity is that I would be unstained from this world. Mm. What is going on around in my settings around me that is contributing to me having an issue with purity? And that is humbling because it, it opens up a wide range of opportunities for me to identify things in my life that Jesus died for that I don't need to be living out and living in. Let's go there. Beth Ann, yeah. practically speaking, what are some of the aspects of life that would fit into this category of purity? I mean, every area of our life, Shay, I'm thinking about it. It's in our thought life. It's in our speech. It's in our conduct and it, it's in our actions. And so living a pure life is going to um, it's going to touch every part of our lives. I read a quote that I really liked um, that just says purity is freedom from anything that contaminates. Mm, and wow. man, that just was so simple and direct for me to think about, wow, what are the things that are contaminating, whether it's my speech, my thoughts, my actions, and what do I need to do um, to not walk in that impurity yeah. any longer. I'm reminded of Psalm 51, cleanse me with hyssop, make That's me right. whiter than snow. Let's get a little context on this passage. So how would Timothy's purity have set him apart in the culture of his day? So he was a young pastor in Ephesus. What was Ephesus like? Yeah, that does help us understand what Timothy was going up against in planning a church, in helping people the redeemed and the saved stand out in this area. And Ephesus was a center for the worship of a goddess, Artemis. And what she represented was a, a sexual culture that she represented. Not only did that, but that that draw that she brought in then, then made 
impurities such as greed and money exchanging such a prominent aspect of the culture in Ephesus in magic and sorcery to where we're, we're left going to Paul's leaving Timothy behind and saying, go and make disciples in this setting, in this culture, and to leave a young man with this charge to show yourself in this area of purity, again, encompasses not just a, uh, what are you looking at and what are you engaging with, but it is how are you going to engage with the world around you in a way that is sinless in nature? Mm. That's the setting that we find this encouragement coming yeah, to. Yeah, so interesting setting. Beth Ann, are there any comparisons to our culture today? Oh my is, goodness. It, is it relevant? Shay, I was making a list earlier just thinking through Ephesus, and I'm like, and the same could be said about 2022 in our modern day world, that there's nothing new under the sun, um, you know, as it says in Ecclesiastes, but the same issues they were struggling with, the same sin struggles we see here today between idol worship um, and sexual perversion and just really total godlessness in their society. And man, I think it's it's really a, a clear picture of where we're at today. Okay, so let's take an introspective look at things. How do we identify areas to grow in purity and then how do we actually do it? So I think, you know, the verse that a lot of us know in Psalm 139, where we just, we ask the Lord introspectively, right? To, to test us, to try our hearts, to reveal if there's any wrong way um, within us. And we kind of do that self-inventory mm-hmm. um, because there's going to be something there. In fact, the right. list is probably going to be really long. And so obviously I think going to scripture, but also maybe ask someone else in your life who is another trusted believer in your community to say, hey, what do you see in my life that doesn't look like Christ? How am I not bearing Christ's image to the world? And so introspective through scripture, but also I think it could be really beneficial to ask a trusted fellow believer just to help maybe point out um, blind spots. We all have blind spots, things that we don't see in our mm-hmm. lives. Bethan, that's that's really good. As the director team last spring was huddling to to study the book of James together, I was convicted in in this area of understanding that my pleasures, the desires that I seek out are actually going to have, they're going to be results to those actions. And James uh, talks about it in the, in the fourth chapter there that what is the source of your quarrels and conflicts? Well, it's, it's the, it's the pleasures that you're seeking out. It's the areas in your life where you're struggling with purity, those are often going to manifest themselves in ways that are visible to others, visible to your, to your wife, visible to the way that you parent your kiddos, visible to the way you treat your classmates. Why is that internal struggle resulting in my anger and my jealousy and all those things? Well, maybe we have a conflict going on with area of purity Mm -hmm. there. That's right. And I think a simple, I've heard a pastor say this before, like, as we're examining our our lives and our sin, sometimes an, an easy thing to do is is to question yourself and say, do I need to change my my playground or my playmates? And so kind of looking like, who do I play with? Where do I play? Where am I, like Kevin said, where am I chasing, you know, these areas of pleasure that are leading to sin? And what do I need to do to change those? Mm. You know, honestly, I, I think about, you know, when I take my kids hunting and when they make a shot, Typically, the animal will run off and then it'll pass away. And so you go down to where the shot was made, you find a blood trail, and then you follow it until you find the animal that you've harvested. And similarly, 
if you want to grow or identify areas of purity that you want to grow in, you go to that, that, the place of conflict. What are the conflicts in your life? And then you begin to follow the trail to the, whatever it is behind that, the pleasures that are just creating death in your life. And, and so in some ways, those conflicts, the strife, the, the disagreements that you have, if you follow that trail, they're going to lead you to places where you can confess, repent, turn, and be purified. And that's, that's a great thing. You just got to be willing to go down the trail. So let's talk a little bit more about the growing aspect. So you identify those areas, then how do you go about growing in purity? Certainly not something you can just muscle, clean yourself up, be a better person. What does growth look like? Yeah, I, as a parent of, of young kids, I'm watching this play out in my own kid's life of continual conversation with them about the way they respond to circumstances. And we're revisiting those conversations a lot. And growth begins when you reach a place of humility, when you reach a place of, hey, I've tried this for whatever reason, and it's not working anymore. So growth best, it's, it's this idea that, that once something gets torn down, it's able to experience growth. And I think about that in, in the area of lifting weights. Growth happens in your, in your strength and in your muscles when you break those things down. So growth is going to happen in the area of purity in achieving this walking with Jesus in a way that there is less evidence of the world in us, less evidence of sin when we're willing to be broken down over the things that we're maybe holding on to, coming to terms and identifying it and saying, that is not of Jesus, so it can't be of me anymore. Yeah. Hey listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now back to the show. So speaking of being an example of our faith, B.A., what would you say to this? How do you go about showing yourself an example in purity? And then how does that minister to the world? What's the impact? Right. Well, you know, Shay, I've heard you say this a lot. And just as we watch the world, it doesn't take much to stand out and to stand apart right now. And, you know, I think as believers, as we're talking to you today, have you decided in your heart and committed that God's way really is best? And can Mm. you trust that? Have you submitted to that? Because really, when we're choosing to walk in sin over walking with Christ, there's a belief issue there that Christ doesn't really fully satisfy. And so we run to other things. And so I think it is just truly getting to the end of ourselves and submitting and believing that God's way really is best. And I can trust that these boundaries are the way he's asked me to live my life um, really is for a purpose. And it really is so that I can experience this abundant life. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I think we don't even know the impact. I tell college girls this all the time as I'm interviewing with them. And, you know, a lot of them are freshmen and they're telling me about their first semester and they've done things that they never thought they would do in the pursuit of friends and trying to feel accepted. And I always encourage them saying, hey, I just need you to know there's probably so many other people in your shoes that want an alternative. They don't want to party. They don't want to go out and do this or that, but it feels like it's the only option. What would it look like for you to initiate and do something different, to stand out, to be set apart and initiate in a way where you can have fun, but you can also continue to bear the image of Christ? So I really think it's it's a commitment. And another quote I read just this week was, a pure life is one in which sin no longer t- determines the choices we make. Mm. And so just who who or what are you, are you allowing um, to make your your choices? How are you making your choices? Yeah. I was thinking about this, Shay, even in regards to a baseball team that I was on when I was at the great university <laughs> called Truman State. Mm. Uh, we were not very successful in wins. Oh. But I, I didn't sense that my involvement on that team had to do with contributing to wins, but it had something to do with contributing this idea of living out an example of purity amongst uh, amongst these guys, great guys. So thankful for the time spent with them. And the fruit of that wasn't so much conversations about you becoming a Christian, but in I, identifying there's something different about him and the way that he approaches things that are seem to be a pressure that's in college. The mm-hmm. language that I u- was using, the things I was abstaining from. And as a result, conversations were happening with these guys and admiring this idea of purity, conducting yourselves amongst those people where this is the reality of their life. And I think in, if we we're all honest with ourselves, one of the best examples that we have as Christ followers in this purity that he provides for us is that I think every person internally desires that as well. What I mean by that is God is innate engraved in us a desire to love him. Mm-hmm. And when those things rub up with that desire, it causes an internal conflict in us. And when you live out these areas of purity that maybe they don't even can't even identify it, but they that becomes a breath of fresh air for these people. No doubt. Peace. Yeah. Because Galatians 5 is going to tell you all the things that come with us seeking out these pleasures, seeking out this area of sin in our life. It just lays it all out in, in Galatians chapter five. But what he follows up with is what the spirit brings to the mm-hmm. table. And those fruits of the, those fruit of the spirit that come, I think the world wants that. Yeah. They just can't Absolutely. say that. Yeah. They can't put it. To, and you get to be that breath of fresh air. You get to be the, the student that goes into the locker room and isn't using the language in the locker room that everyone else is using. And I can't help but believe that for somebody that that is going to be a testimony to them. And they're going to look and go, what's different about that guy? And that may open opportunities for you to tell them, just like Paul was telling Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be an example. That's right. And your purity will be a huge example. Beth Ann, what does purity look like specific to females? How would you go about encouraging yeah. ladies in the audience to be set apart? Well, I'm glad, Shay, that you made the distinction at the beginning and you did as well, Kevin, that in our culture today, we really tie purity to 
when we're talking about sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to ask, you know, maybe the average college student, you know, who thinks they're doing pretty well in life. And if I asked them, do you struggle in purity? They would probably say no. But as we've defined it today, that it's it's really more here in this context, the idea of sinlessness and, and living a life that is holy and set apart, then we would all begin the long list of things that we struggle with. So, you know, I think some common things that that girls specifically can find themselves struggling with would be um, just uh, our speech, our thoughts, jealousy, uh, slander, gossip, being a slaves to our bodies, our our image. Um, Maybe it is sexual um, sin and looking for validation, you know, from a guy or, or whatever it is. And I think for a long time too, we we tried to make these big distinctions that there were certain struggles that were just guys struggles. Uh, but in reality, we know it's, it's girls too. Girls struggle with pornography and alcoholism and, you know, all these things that we try to put off on one gender or um, the other. So I think there's, um, you know, just the gamut on what girls specifically struggle with. But if I was going to give some encouragement today, you know, I would ask you, how are you stirring your affections for the things of the world? Mm-hmm. And then in contrast to that, what could you do to start to stir back your affections for the Lord? And mm. again, some of that goes back to maybe you need to change your playground and your playmates and the places you're going to. Maybe it's the the music you're listening to, the shows you're watching, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You know, what do we need to edit out of our lives in order that we can be holy and that we can be set apart? And again, it's it, it's like this bigger decision of, of saying goodbye to things of the world and mm-hmm. trusting that God— really is better. Yeah. And that the his fruit is is more desirable than the fruit of this world. And so yeah, that's what I would encourage them in. That's phenomenal. Kevin, how about for the fellas? What what specific encouragement would you give to men in the audience? Shay, I got a text about five months ago from a staff member that just blew my mind. And I don't really 100% remember the conversation, but it was an encouragement to take action on fighting in specifically the area of, of sexual sin. And, and I, I asked this young man, I said, what are you willing to do? He goes, I, I guess I'm willing to do anything. I said, does your dad know about this? Uh, no. I, for whatever reason, that's the step that I think you need to take. Mm-hmm. You need to tell your dad. You need to take what's in darkness and bring it into light. Five months ago, he texted me, says, I am in places that I've never been before because you encouraged me to tell my dad. Hmm. And so the encouragement is, I would imagine, it doesn't have to be sexual sin that that Mm -hmm. you're dealing with. It's whatever impurity, whatever sin that God's calling to mind as you listen to this now, if it's left in darkness much longer, it will be show itself in ways you don't want it to be shown in years to come, weeks to come, in relationships to come. But if you can bring it to light now, you're you're on your way to experiencing some victory in whatever area that is. And the light that has to begin is beginning with acknowledging to the one who is willing to die for whatever that sin is, mm-hmm. begin there. Begin with bringing it to light with your heavenly father who knows you far greater than you know yourself. 
show a lot of our listeners on this podcast, and we appreciate you every time we know you're, you know, listening, our mommies and dads, and a lot of our listeners have young kids, and then we know that a lot of our listeners have, you know, middle school and high school kids as well. But it rides on the shoulders of us as parents uh, when Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We want our children to be pure in heart. Mm-hmm. We want our children to see God because when they see God, then they can become more and more like him. They can pursue him and they can see his beauty in the family and beauty in their relationships and the beauty of life. But if they don't see God, then their world is clouded and dark and it's full of anxiety and depression. But as parents, it's our job to create the atmosphere in our home. And honestly, if we're sitting around watching Netflix and if we're sitting around watching normal television or sitting around watching, you know, if the TV's own and commercials are coming on, they're lewd. They're more than suggestive. And PG-13 means a whole lot of nudity and a whole lot of profanity. But there are filters out there, mommies and daddies. You know, there is a thing called Angel Guard. And it filters all of that if you want to watch something. There's the iPhone world. Oh, man, when kids go to bed with their iPhones in their room, when kids have time on their computers in their room, we know we've been with kids so much that impurities are coming through the iPhones all the time if they're not filtered if they're not monitored by their parents regularly. And on the television set and every other form of iPad media, it's our job to be firm, to put down the laws, to put down the boundaries, to to monitor and make sure that our home at least, our home at least is a place where kids can grow up in purity. I'll add this as a close. Um, In our show notes, we're going to attach a couple resources for VidAngel and maybe a couple other platforms that will help filter out um, some of that content. And then the last thing I'd tell you, just from a personal intimacy standpoint, one of my favorite verses was brought to mind again this morning, Psalm 27, 4. And David says, the one thing that I ask that I shall seek is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. And what that passage tells me is that the David had a singular request of God. And, 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 he, and then after that, he said, and I'm going to do something about it. The one thing that I ask and I shall seek is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And what happens is the closer you get to Jesus, the refiner's fire, it bakes out the impurities. It's the relationship, the, the intensity of his love, the gratitude that comes out of that, that, that further sanctifies a man or woman of God. And so to be clear, this Christian life is not about cleaning your life up, working harder, doing more. That's, that is a works-based faith that will fail you but a relationships-based faith with a God that loves you with a love that is transformative, that is the way a man or woman of God is purified. Today, we'd like to thank you for sharing your time with us. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today and we lift up 
our listening audience. We're so thankful to be on the journey with them. We pray, Jesus, that they would go on an adventure with God and uh, that they would stand up as leaders in the, in the face of great adversity, that they would stand for truth, for what's right, that they would show themselves an example uh, as they place their faith in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.